Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Skylar McKeith. Skylar is a consultant, immigration solicitor, legal commentator, and on-screen host. She has experience as a congressional intern at the US House of Representatives. She is on the board and spokeswoman liaising with governmental officials, including US representatives and senators. Skylar trained as a solicitor at Mackerel. As a consultant solicitor, she specializes in immigration law with expertise in citizenship applications, as well as business and creative industry matters. Skylar is currently completing her Master's of Law at Nottingham Trent University. She is regularly featured on TV, print, radio, including America, In Britain Magazine, OK, Legal Cheek, Fox, GB News and Talk Radio. She has also been a speaker at San Antonio Bar Association International Law Section and panellist at the City University Family and Career Planning event in 2021. So a very, very warm welcome, Skylar. Thank you so much for having me today, Rob. It's an absolute pleasure. And it's a real, real interesting one today because there's so much we need to get through. So before we go into all your amazing projects and experience and everything you've achieved to date, we do have a customary icebreaker question here on the Legally Speaking podcast, which is on the scale of one to 10, 10 being very real in terms of the reality of the law, what would you rate the hit TV series Suits in terms of that reality? Okay, so this is probably going to sound really bad, but I've never actually seen Suits. It's not going to sound bad because a lot of our guests haven't seen Suits before. And by default, we give it a zero and we move swiftly on. So let's talk more about you, which is equally very, 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 and if not far more exciting. So to begin with, Skylar, would you mind telling us, our listeners, a bit about your background and journey? Yes. So I grew up in London, Canada and France, but I moved back to London to attend university in 2012. I completed my LLB at BPP Law School, followed by the LPC at the University of Westminster and then a training contract at Macro Solicitors. Love it. Love it. And you mentioned there, obviously, you graduated from BPP and then you went on to obviously the LPC. What modules did you study and what module did you most enjoy? Okay, so on the LPC, my electives were immigration, employment and family, with my favourite module being immigration. Whereas on the LLB, my electives included family law, child law and employment law. Immigration law was not an option on the LLB, otherwise I would have definitely chosen that one as well. Nice, nice. And as I mentioned in the introduction, you've been very, very busy. You've done a number of different things. And in 2013, you were a congressional intern at the US House of Representatives. So what responsibilities were you given as an intern there? Yes. So I interned for a US congressman from New Jersey in his Washington, D.C. office. And while I was there, I performed background research on legislation. I answered constituent and press phone calls. I directed those phone calls to the appropriate staffers. And I also reorganized the congressman's constituent database for easier use and tracking of the constituent opinions on legislation before Congress. And while I was there, I also staffed the front desk where I provided a friendly welcome to all visitors and guests. And we had some very interesting people that would turn up in our offices. Any any you would like to, to share or any memorable experiences from that time? Memorable experiences from that time were definitely walking through the underground tunnels that connected all the offices. And you'd be rubbing shoulders with different congressmen. It was it was truly incredible. 
I like the sound of underground tunnels. It's very different to where my commute and what I get to with my uh, my, my home office, that's for sure. And how were you able to obtain such an amazing experience? Was it through networking, contacts or something else? The congressman was actually the representative for the district of New Jersey in which my family is from. So I did go through the proper application process where I submitted my resume and had an interview, which is how I ended up interning for him at his Washington DC office on Capitol Hill. So I would advise students who wish to get into politics to really become involved in their local community, learn who your representatives are, make yourself known to them, be confident, take the initiative to get to where you want to be. Yeah, and no, I love it. And you mentioned that you like the uh, the tunnels and, and meeting various other people. You know, what was your, I guess, highlights or your most memorable moments in terms of really interning there? Because it's we've never had anyone who really with that sort of experience. So just give us some insights and things that are really stuck in your mind from that time. What I enjoyed the most was being able to attend talks and briefings given by major political figures. I was able to attend briefings given by certain senators, and it was it was truly an amazing experience for an 18 year old. And there I was able to walk past representatives and senators that I admired uh, in, on Capitol Hill. Nice, nice. Well, thank you for, for sharing that, because it just sounds like a wonderful experience so early on into your career and, and, and good for you in terms of going through that process and obviously being successful. Um, but as I mentioned in the intro, you do a lot of other things. So you're also a board member and spokesperson. You communicate with the media about specific political matters, draft research, organize events. So can you explain more about your role? Yeah, so I'm actually on three different boards. So the first one is a health food grocery store. The second is a mental health charity, and the third is a political organization. And my role with the political organization entails communicating with the media in connection with specific political matters. And I recently completed a U.S. Department of Defense federal voting assistance program at the U.S. Embassy in London. I did that twice, actually, but I did an updated one more recently. And the training was useful as I was able to use it to advise members of the political organization on how to register to vote. And through the political organization, I've also been able to meet key political figures. And I also manage the organization's Instagram account. Oh, fun, 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 fun. Love it. Okay, great. So it's very diverse in what you get up to and what you've been involved yes, in. Um, it is. What events have you organized to date? And do you have anything exciting planned for the future? So I've been involved in the organizing of the of a political 4th of July party in addition to some other political events but I have taken a back seat recently with event organizing. Good stuff, good stuff. And fast forwarding then because in 2019 you joined Macro Solicitors as a trainee solicitor. So what attracted you to the firm in particular? I was first introduced to Mackerel Solicitors through the London Sporting Club, of which we were both members. And that's where I met my now colleague, who actually ended up being my supervisor on my training contract. And what really drew me to Mackerel Solicitors was the global reach that they have. They are based in London, with an office also in Birmingham, but they are also the founders of Mackerel International, which is a 30-year-old world-leading global network of about 4,500 lawyers across 60 countries. And so this means that I'm able to offer an added value to my clients of immediate international legal advice in jurisdictions worldwide. So that's very interesting to me. 
Yeah, absolutely, and it's, it's it's fascinating, and obviously there's a clear global reach there, which is which is super exciting. Um, in terms of your training days, then, what seats did you complete as a trainee, and why did you choose those particular seats? I trained in immigration, commercial, family, and property, and within the commercial seat, I worked in our bespoke sports department, acting on behalf of football players, actors, and musicians. And I was also able to have litigation experience when I took on debt collection matters for the firm where I drafted and issued letters before claim. And with immigration, I, I, it was something that I requested to do. And I, I, it's because I had a true love for it. I loved studying it on my LPC. And so it was something that I asked the firm to undertake on my training contract. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you for, for for sharing that. And it's very clear, you know, that you've um, always been very passionate, very hardworking, and very driven. Just given the amount of work that you did, even prior to your your sort of training contract days. But with that in mind, what advice do you wish you had known when you were a trainee? It would be: don't be afraid to ask questions. To carry out the work effectively, it is critical that you fully understand the assignment and what is required of you. And I was very fortunate in that I had a wonderful supervisor when I started my training contract. It was the sports commercial department, and he really took his time with me. He gave me a lot of advice, which enabled me to feel much more confident going into my next seat and progressing through my training contract. That's really good advice. No, and I'm glad to glad to hear that you you stressed that because so many people worry about, you know, well, can I ask this or can I do that? So thank yeah. you for for really highlighting that point. So, you know, Yeah, you, it's far better to ask the questions so then you can actually get the work done. Absolutely. We don't know what we don't know, folks. So uh, take heed of what Skylar's saying there. And obviously fast forward, you know, you're now a consultant solicitor in the immigration team. So what is a consultant solicitor and where did your interest specifically for immigration immigration law stem from? A consultant solicitor is essentially a self-employed solicitor who contracts with a firm to supply the solicitor's services to clients. And it works perfectly for me because I have a one-year-old son, so I can work flexibly from home and I don't have to be away from him for long periods of time. My passion for immigration is rooted in my family's own immigration story. My father is from the U.S., and his grandparents on both sides moved from Ukraine to the US in the early 1900s. So when I started the immigration module on the LPC, it just made sense and I loved every minute of it. And, and tell us more then about immigration law. Break it down because, you know, in simple terms, it may sound quite easy in terms of what you get up to, but just tell us a little bit more about that particular area of law. Yeah, so that particular area of law, on a day-to-day -day basis, I handle sponsor license applications, skilled worker visas, global talent visa applications. It's very varied what I deal with. So it's a mix of business law and business immigration law and personal family immigration law. No. And do you have a preferred, you know, if there's one area that you particularly like more than most or you tend to work more most in? I tend to work mainly on the business side, but I definitely enjoy both both sides yeah okay well thanks for again for for sharing that time for a quick break from the show are you a legal aid practitioner in england and wales specializing in civil or criminal legal aid matters if you are this message is for you 
As a legal aid solicitor, you don't have time to waste on legal aid case management software that doesn't work to your needs. That's why Clio has developed a quicker, more accurate and affordable solution for legal aid solicitors in England and Wales. It could save you hours in your month, particularly when it comes to end of month invoicing and claims to the legal aid agency. To see how it all works, visit clio.com forward slash UK forward slash legal aid. That's Clio, C-L-I-O dot com forward slash UK forward slash legal aid. Now back to the show. And obviously as someone who's specializing in the immigration team, as you've mentioned, you've dealt with obtaining visas for those who've been denied entry clearance and advised on skilled worker visas and family visas, which is all you know very important stuff. But what does it feel like to deal with those types of cases, particularly when they go so well? It feels incredibly rewarding knowing that the work I do is helping people navigate a highly complex system to achieve major personal and professional goals. And I would say to achieve that, it's very important to start your day off with a to-do list. And I start working on those tasks in order and that's how you can really get things done. Yeah, no, I think, you know, organization is so crucial, knowing each day, you know, how are you tracking your time? How are you being most efficient, understanding what's urgent, what's not urgent, what's important, what's not important. So yeah, do you have any hacks for that? Do you have any sort of productivity hacks that you use? I don't have any specific hacks, but I always just start my day off with a checklist. It's how I keep track of my tasks. I tick them off as I go along, making sure I don't miss anything. And I really do believe that organization is key to being a good lawyer. Yeah, no, I'm definitely in agreement with that. So listen in, folks, organization is super important. Okay. And as part of your role, Scarlett, you lead on the UK, I believe, immigration strategy and act as the main point of contact for clients regarding UK immigration legislation. So what changes do you expect to see in immigration law over the next few years? Immigration is one of the fastest changing areas of law. And the government announced earlier this year changes to the UK immigration system in a statement of changes. And the government's current goal is to introduce bespoke immigration routes that will contribute to UK economic growth. And one of those interesting changes is the implementation of the high potential individual visa route, which actually opens for application soon on the 30th of May. And The high potential individual visa route is a short-term work visa for individuals at an early career stage who have shown that they have a potential to benefit the UK workforce. So this means that applicants must have graduated from a top international university within five years before submitting the application. And universities on this list include Harvard University, NYU, and the University of Toronto. Wow, I didn't know that. That's fascinating stuff. So uh, it'd be interesting it to see how that all um, pans out over time. And as, as I keep saying, you don't sit still. So you're also a, a legal volunteer at the Candom Community Law yes. Centre. So tell us more about that. And also, what skills did you learn whilst volunteering? I volunteered in the employment and housing departments at the Camden Community Law Centre, I initially was only supposed to volunteer for three months, but I enjoyed working there so much that I ended up extending the volunteering to six months. And the skills I acquired while volunteering was communication, problem solving, and compassion. 
Most of the clients who attended the law center were in desperate need of help, and they often came from places of great difficulty. So it was it was a truly wonderful experience there. I also won the award of excellence at the Camden Volunteer Awards for my work at the Camden Community Law Center. Uh, congratulations and richly deserved, of course. And you, you know, one one thing that I always like to ask people, particularly who are exceptionally busy and juggling a lot of things, because you're also you mentioned obviously you're you're a mother. You're also got a you know a very demanding career, and you've still got education on top of that because you are currently completing your master's of law at nottingham trent university bizarrely both my brothers went to nottingham trent university okay. interesting fact um but how are you finding that balance of, of education you know being being a mother and, and work and how are you finding the course generally so i actually worked right up until the night before i went into labor so i've just i've just been working the whole time um but it's definitely, you definitely have to find the, the balance. And it took me a little while to figure it out. But I work from home and I have a babysitter that looks after my son in the mornings. I tend to just work in the mornings usually. And then I spend time with my son in the afternoon and I try to get my studies done in between all of that. So it, I do have it worked out now, but it definitely took a little while at the beginning. Yeah, no, I can imagine there's an adjustment there, but it's great that you are, you know, you're managing to make it all work. And it's inspiring for people listening in that it is possible um, to make all of these these work. And as I mentioned in the the introduction, you know, you are reg regularly featured on TV, print, radio, and I listed off so many that you're in you're involved with, you know, how have those opportunities come your way? Or, you know, what tips would you give to people who are looking to kind of get that level of exposure for their personal brand? All of these opportunities came because I I went out and looked for them. I didn't, you can't just sit back and expect things to fall on your plate. You do have, if there's something that you want, you have to go out and get it. And for example, I, I would tell aspiring lawyers who want to get into immigration to get as much immigration experience as you can and really immerse yourself in it. So for example, after completing the immigration module on my LPC, I joined Bloomsbury Law Tutors and I tutored immigration to LPC students. Then once I joined Macro Solicitors, I made it known to the firm from the outset that I wanted to get involved in immigration matters wherever possible. And so then I was able to work on immigration matters throughout the two-year training contract, not just for a short amount of time. I was able to do it for the, the whole training contract, even while I was training in other seats. I would also suggest to aspiring lawyers to get experience in different areas of law to make sure that they that the certain area of law that they want to to do is an area they actually enjoy. But if they want to obtain media opportunities or print opportunities, you have to go out and get it. So I I recently wrote an article for Legal Cheek and that's because I emailed the editor and I said this is what I want to do, this is what I want to write about. Yeah, it's it's proactivity, isn't it? It's putting yourself out there. Definitely. It's um, it's really taking that step to go above and beyond what other people may not choose to do. And as an extension of that, you know, you've been very highly recognised, and, and more opportunities land in your in, in your lap as as a result of that. And obviously, also, I mentioned that you're you're a speaker, and you, you've spoken at the San Antonio Bar Association International Law Section. So, just tell us more about some of your your, your speaking engagements, and do they help you in any way in terms of being a, a practicing lawyer? They do. So last year I spoke at the San Antonio Bar Association. I'm actually due to speak there again in August. It's a webinar, so it's online. And it's all about a Brexit UK immigration update. 
And that is to Texas lawyers based in Texas. And it actually got uh, CLE credit, so continuing legal, legal education credit for those lawyers. And I've also been a panelist at City University's family and event planning um, webinar, where we discussed balancing being parents with working as well. And that, that was a very interesting panel also. Yeah, I, I can imagine. And we've done a lot of um, series um, around that as well, particularly, you know, in terms of that, that that balance and, you know, maybe what some of the changes needed within the legal industry as well to support uh, working mothers and, and, and so many others. So um, good for you on, on flagging. Yeah, I definitely think more needs to be done across the industry and m- many other industries to support working parents, um, balance their, their children and work at the same time. Absolutely. And I, I, I just wonder whether, well, obviously, you know, with, with the pandemic, it's it's forced in, in many ways, um, you know, more of a homeworking um, setup. You know, hopefully, you know, in some respects, that may make it easier for people. In some respects, it may make it harder for people, depending on their circumstances. But one thing's for sure, flexible working is certainly needs to be more acknowledged and more accepted. And hopefully, down the line, it can be more sort of integrated into, into family life. So you can have it all, um, particularly with the technology that we have now, um, you know, there's no need for that not to be to be the case. So from your experience thus far in terms of specialising in immigration, what would you say is the difference between a good immigration lawyer and a great immigration lawyer? OK, so a great immigration lawyer will really get creative with helping their clients, whereas a good immigration lawyer might not delve so deep into finding potential options for their clients. Sometimes you have to really delve deep into figuring out a way forward to help your clients. Yeah, I I love that. And I always talk about the importance in any career, career development of, of critical thinking and creativity, because nine times out of 10, we're getting paid for anything that we typically do to solve a problem and provide a solution. Um, and I think the better you can finesse that critical thinking and really some of the things I would suggest is obviously having mentors and and, have, and you've obviously mentioned some, some key pieces throughout, but it's so, so important throughout your career. And you also gave some great advice for aspiring lawyers looking to break into to immigration in terms of getting that experience. Are there any particular resources or books or societies that you're part of, again, for aspiring lawyers who might be interested in getting into immigration law that you would recommend? I definitely recommend signing up to Free Movement. There is a lot of very valuable information on that website. That is something that I follow. I would also suggest to people who are looking for training contracts to actually get creative with that as well. And that's how I did it, where I didn't just submit applications online behind a screen. I networked to get a training contract. And so I would look at joining different groups that would help you get to that point. Absolutely. And, you know, I I talk a lot about legacy as something that drives me and what I'm trying to do with the Legally Speaking podcast and, you know, following in the footsteps of my grandfather and trying to do good for the legal industry. When the day comes for you, when you put the pen down or type the last note or whatever it is in the metaverse in, in years to come, how would you want your legal career to be remembered by? I would want it to be remembered as doing great things to help people. My priority with my work is 
helping people. I, I truly care about my clients. It's not just about work. It's I, I really, truly care. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's really important having that empathy and caring. It's not a case, it's a person, it has feelings, exactly. there's a real duty of care. And I, I love that you've sort of highlighted that. And I, I love when people come to me with challenging cases as well. There are a lot of people that come with, with straightforward cases, but then the, I love when I get the challenges because I, I take those challenges and I'm like, yes, I, I really want to help you I, and, and I'm going to do this. Yeah, so, 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 so true. And I, I also just want to, to sort of highlight the fact that you have just been so proactive throughout your career. And there's no surprise why you've had these inspirational opportunities, you know, come, come your way. So I just really want people to understand that it is possible. Anybody can do this. You just need to take those steps um, along the way. So if our listeners, which I'm sure they will, Skylar, would like to learn more about you or things that you're getting up to, what's the best way for them to contact you? Feel free also to shout out any social media or web links. We'll also share them with this episode for you too. So they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My username on both is Skylar McKeith. That's S-K-Y-L-A-R-M-C-K-E-I-T-H. Fabulous. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with us today, Skylar. I've really enjoyed learning more about your journey, what you're doing for the legal industry, and no doubt where you're going to be in the future. So wishing you lots of continued success with your career and pursuits. But for now, from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast, over and out. This week's review comes from Adam North. Great, informative podcast. Five stars. I love the Legally Speaking podcast. I feel it finds the balance between being informative and lighthearted really well. Great guests within the legal sector as well. Thank you so much, Adam. We really appreciate all your kind words from all of us on the Legally Speaking podcast. Thanks a million once again. 